Hello and welcome to the MBA Talk podcast. I'm very happy to present to you this new podcast series about management consultancy. To produce this podcast series, we are joined by Orestes Peristeris, an MBA graduated at Yale and HEC Paris and currently a management consultant. With Orestes, we discuss everything about consulting companies, networking, CV building, interview preparation, and more. So, this first episode is separated into audio files. In the first one, we discuss what does a management consultant do, which are the key companies in the consulting industry, and uh, we discuss internal versus external consulting companies. Check out the second one and learn what are the key skills to be successful in the industry and uh, know about what uh, a day in the life of a consultant looks like. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Orestes, uh, welcome to the show. I'm very happy to have you here so we can talk a little bit about what uh, MBA consultants do and uh, where do they work and uh, what kind of work do they do after MBA. And uh, just to start, can you give us a little bit of your uh, background, where you come from, uh, where you're living and uh, where you went for your MBA? Sure. Yes. Thanks, Andres. Uh, very good to be here for the first uh, podcast to discuss with you and also to uh, you know reach all of the uh, the MBA students that are out there listening to to us. So my name is uh, Orestes Peristeris. I'm originally from South Africa, uh, of Greek uh, descent, and uh, I did my uh, I did an MBA, actually a dual degree. So I did my MBA at HEC Paris, uh, and that was in uh, 2016. I was there for one year, and I spent uh, the time in Switzerland also to do the MBA uh, fieldwork project for three months, and then I did the second year of the program at the Yale School of Management, and that was the Master of Advanced Management program, which is an add-on year to uh, MBAs from the partner schools of Yale. Cool. And so what are you doing today? Yeah, so today I'm, uh, I'm a senior consultant at DHL Consulting. Uh, here in Bonn, in Germany. So this is the head office of the company, and I'm doing uh, business and management consulting there since 2018. And uh, you teach also for Opnus, right? That's right. So I'm an Opnus associate and professor since 2017. So I actually attended uh, the workshop. I helped to organize the workshop at HEC Paris when I was the president of the industry club there. And uh, I was really amazed with the content and uh, very impressed with the, the the workshop itself. And from there, I was then uh, you know I joined the uh, the black belt program and also became a professor. So I've been uh, teaching also workshops for Opnus and being part of the educational mission. Uh, and already presented workshops uh, in the US and also here in Europe and in the UK. Great, Alexis. We were talking about doing this podcast for a long time. Can you? Tell us, what, what's the motivation behind this series of episodes? Yes, so, you know, I've always really been interested in education and uh, and also uplifting and helping others, you know, because I believe in life that you, everything that you learn and uh, that you do, it's always involving other people and there's so much to be gained, uh, you know, from people who've uh, done things before you and uh, who've had that experience. And I think this is especially true if we think about uh, MBAs and in business schools, because an MBA or master program 
it's something you only do once in your life, you know? So uh, when you go through it, you, you're going in with a cohort. Other people have also done, only done it once. So it's the most value that you get in terms of really learning about the best practices is from people who've done it before. So, um, you know, people helped me when I was, uh, you know, entering the business school and also in the school itself in a lot of ways. And I really saw the value of that. So I really like to take my time every week uh, whenever students reach out to me on LinkedIn, uh, you know, for help, uh, for advice, whether it's career advice or, you know, thinking about um, choosing which MBA to do or which company to join or how to uh, prepare for applications to companies, whether it's consulting or in general, uh, you know, I'm always happy to make time for them, you know. So the motivation for me is that I think the podcast is a great platform to reach a wider audience, you know, and to share that uh, the knowledge and experience that I've gained that's really worked well for me, uh, you know, with a lot of people uh, that are part of our network, you know, alumni of uh, of Opness and also MBA students in general who are trying to learn more. And I think we we can add a lot of value and uh, and help a lot of people with our experience, and uh, it's something they can learn from as well. Can you walk us briefly uh, what kind of topics we will cover? Yeah, so in the episode that we're doing today, we'll cover specifically about management consulting, giving people more information about, uh, you know, the industry, the, the job itself. You know, if you look at the job reports of most uh, MBAs, it's either the top one or two uh, fields, you know, that MBA graduates go into when they, when they complete the studies. It's also a great field to join after an MBA because in a lot of ways, management consulting has similarities with the business school. So in terms of having a lot uh, many colleagues that are also from other business schools working in small teams problem solving you know analytics research uh, you know working on on, on uh, high level business problems it's very much what you're taught to do in the MBA is highly compatible uh, and you know with their job uh, career and consulting and it's really a rewarding field to go into so we'll be covering that uh, in the session uh, today and give uh, give everyone a bit of background on this and then uh, we also will then have a series of podcasts going forward that will be about recruiting tips in um, recruiting uh, positioning and advice uh, in general for MBA and master students. And then we'll cover, you know, in more depth uh, each of the steps that are involved in successfully recruiting uh, out of a business school into companies uh, in any industry. And that will cover areas such as how do you research companies effectively doing networking, your CV cover letter and application. You know, I get so many questions about this. I speak to a number of students weekly about how do I do an application? Uh, how do I stand out, you know, with uh, my CV? Do I need a cover letter? Those kind of questions. And then, you know, interview preparation. Also then what is very seldomly covered in the business schools and the career centers who normally do a great job uh, preparing students. But actually one area that when I was in the business schools at least, was the receiving and often negotiating. Uh, and that needs to be done with equal skill to really have a successful offer and to be able to join the company. So that's something we'll look at. And, uh, you know, something that I, I, you know, use myself and I've seen people do it very well. And I've seen people do it not so well. So I think that it'll be quite interesting to go through uh, all of those topics, uh, you know, as we, in the upcoming weeks. Great. That's perfect. So let's start from the beginning. What does a management consultant do? 
Right. So I think that a lot of students that come into business schools, uh, especially from you know different countries uh, around the world, maybe it's not so typical. Uh, management consulting. So it's also was for me, I really thought about it or learned about consulting when I first joined the, the MBA and it came really onto my radar. So management consultants, uh, what you really do is that you you work on business problems for clients. So they have a specific business problem or goal that they need support with. And uh, it's so you can see it as something that is mission-based. It's having a fixed time period and uh, it can range, you know, anything that's really strategic within a company. So the range of topics can be anything from your organizational design and transformation. Um, it could be digitalization, which is very typical nowadays. So how does a company go from where it is currently to being in a position to adopt and implement all of the digital uh, tools that exist out there that on, a, on a large scale and in a way that's meaningful for the company? It can also be in the finance area, financial implementation of uh, you know different standards that come along uh, it can be uh, market entry so how does a company enter a particular market how should they enter what should they do uh, marketing strategy for example it also is you know a company sometimes want external help so very often as a consulting team you're also independent business experts that a company is bringing in to give an external perspective an objective view uh, people that follow methodology, such as management consultants, can really come in, look at a, a goal or, or a problem statement, and uh, you know, working with it, you know, in a team structure, do the research, put a structure in place, uh, you know, and then do the research itself, develop you know innovative solutions, and then provide it to uh, to a client, you know, who can then decide to to use that and uh, you know to put that forward. So this is really what consultants are doing, and. Uh, you know, in this sense, you also have uh, the difference between the external and internal consulting. So a uh, number of companies found the value in having in-house consulting uh, department. So we have consultants doing the same job, uh, you know, kind of the same structure as having, you know, teams and having the consulting structure in place uh, and then being given, uh, having the teams, you know, working on specific missions uh, within the company. And this can also be, of course, more typically your external consultants who, uh, work on a contract basis and get invited to, um, you know, to come and work on these projects. Okay, so for management consultants, what, what are the main companies they can aim for? Right, so if we look at uh, the external, what we call external consulting companies, this is the ones that are most well-known with the global brands. So here you have them, uh, if you look at from the, you know, business, business school terminology, if it comes up quite quickly that you have um, you know, the let's say the, the big three or the top three, which is your MBB firms, McKinsey, Bain, BCG. Those are seen as the top three. You know, they have the, the longest history, a very strong brand, very well regarded worldwide in terms of uh, the consulting they do, the research and the knowledge that they put out, but also their alumni network is very strong. So you find many executives and CEOs of companies are actually alumni of um, you know, the MBB firms. So within the business environment, these are the ones that most people aim for and uh, you know, really aspire to, to join. And then another group that we have is what we call the big four. So big four is, you know, typical uh, consult, um, uh, accounting firms that have also developed a consulting arm or have acquired consulting companies over time. So that would be, for example, PwC, and they have their arm, which is called Strategy and. 
Deloitte, which is Monitor Deloitte, is the consulting arm there, and also KPMG and uh, EY or Ernst & Young. So within these firms, you have also, it's important to note different departments. So some departments are pure management or strategy consulting, but they can also have financial consulting or tax consulting. So you need to really understand, uh, you know, when you're looking at the companies is what is the job that you're looking at and what part of the company is, is it, uh, you know, is the opportunity for. So there's very much, a, there's a difference between having your strategy consulting, which is more general business consulting compared to, you know, obviously tax and, and financial consulting, which assumes, uh, you know, more detailed knowledge or experience or understanding of a specific industry. So today we're talking generally more about uh, management consulting, business consulting in general. And, uh, you know, you also have, I can add your operational firms. So firms that are doing consulting, but more focus on operations, and that would be AT Kearney, uh, you know, as one example, uh, and uh, also Accenture, right? So these are two that are also really uh, taking MBAs, but sometimes they're also looking more people have an operational supply chain background or IT background because their projects are more heavily weighed in that uh, direction. And it's important to note that the MBB firms also have uh, sometimes the operations focus and the implementation part of the business, which is also then kind of focused more on the supply chain area. So when you start looking at these firms, you'll see that they also have different business lines uh, of consulting as well. And well, the one I can add there on the end, it's something that quite a lot of MBAs recruit into is what we call the boutique firms. So the boutique firms uh, are smaller companies, can be anywhere you know from uh, you know five maybe up to a hundred consultants. Uh, that you have and they normally would be they could be globally uh, spread out or you know within a specific region or country and these boutique firms there are thousands of them and uh, they're also really a viable option for MBAs looking at internships and also at full-time opportunities but in that case because there are so many uh, you know they have a specific focus of an industry or a region or a country uh, or a service line maybe a certain function that they they specialize in so these are more specialized firms and uh, they really exist also in your major business centers like in Paris or London, uh, you know, in Spain, in Frankfurt, Munich, uh, Milan, you would find a lot of these firms. And normally they also represent at the uh, recruiting events of the business schools and you'll see them there, but the, the brands themselves are not so well known. If, if we have to wrap up the different kind of specializations a management consultant can go. Yeah, so in terms of specializations, you know, the first and the main one, the biggest one is your business or management consulting role. And that would be the role of a generalist or general consultant. And that's where you're a management consultant and you can work on any range of topics um, that the company gets projects in, right? So this is not, this is very important to note is that those kind of jobs do not assume that you are an expert or a specialist or have prior experience in a certain function. Right, and those are your generalist roles, and that's vast majority of consulting roles have this profile, where you it's a skills-based job, not a knowledge-based job. The other types of consulting that I've come across is operations, or supply chain consulting, which would be more focused on your process optimization, on looking at supply chain networks, on supply chain processes, supply chain strategy, uh, operations optimization in terms of looking at warehouses and how to increase efficiency optimize warehouse operations or distribution operations and another area that comes up often is your finance consulting so this is people that 
Normally, they would recruit people who have worked in investment banking before, financial services, who then also do an MBA, and they would be good candidates then to do um, consulting for financial services firms. So that could be either in insurance or investment banking firms or organizational transformation or processes, a process optimization, but within the financial services industry. And these are the ones that I've most typically uh, come across as these three categories. And uh, okay, okay. And the, uh, going back to the external consulting firms, how one would navigate uh, between them? So, uh, what are the main pros and cons of uh, working at uh, MBB or the big four uh, in a boutique firm? Right. So, I think that um, you know, there's a lot of benefits in joining the external firms in the one way that they have great brand names and they're world renowned. So just like going to a very good business school will give you a great brand recognition globally, the same applies to your consulting firms, right? So going to McKinsey, Bain, BCG or big four firms um, really gives you that from a career perspective. It's a great place to start your career post-MBA because then it builds your CV. So you have a great school and then you have a great uh, brand name, uh, you know, company that you've worked for as consulting. Uh, and that's really a good uh a big plus because then people can also see that not only were you good in a were you in a good business school, but now you've also been able to transition into uh, through a very tough recruiting process into a great consulting firm. So that that is great. Uh, another thing that's good about them is they have a highly focused corporate culture. So the main line of the business is management consulting, is management uh, you know excellence, the researches that they have, the analytics capacity that they have, the the training programs that they have for for staff. So they they live and breathe consulting and they focus all of the attention on that. And this and the main uh, value of a consulting company is its people, right? So the investment in the people is very high. And that's where you get uh, you know you get a lot of benefit from that investment. And then from and I mean also adding to that is that you also have uh, you know, starting your career post MBA is that you get exposure to a large range of different industries and projects because in the consulting companies they have customers across the world and across all industries. So joining a firm in a in a big office, each office would have its own customers and would have you know kind of the industries in that region which are prominent, right? So we're not talking about all the industries in the world, but they would have three or four or five industries and large customers that they would support. So knowing the office that you're interested in, you can then also look at, you know, what is the industry in that region? And then if you join that office, you would get exposure to all of those companies so and those industries. So it's a great way to get exposure, uh, you know, and also an accelerated exposure because you'll be doing projects of, you know, three, maybe three to six months, and then you would change company or change industry and have a different business function or problem to solve. So that's really great accelerated learning, um, you know, team formation, working with different people, getting to know different companies. So that's really great. Uh, I think something that people need to keep in mind, um, you know, however, when joining external firms is that the uh, work-life balance, uh, you know, will be much more weighted towards the working aspect in terms of, the, sometimes because of travel days, so you could be traveling Monday to Thursday, uh, you know, work because you will typically work at the client's premises at their office, right? So you'll normally be out of your home uh, city, your hometown, where you're normally residing. So then maybe, you know, uh, four days a week, you'll be away from home. And then typically when you're on a consulting project, uh, you'll work longer hours, right? Or much longer hours. And this 
I've heard from many colleagues that are in different firms across the industry. This could be anything from working till 9 or 10 p.m. to working till 12 to working till 1 or 2, depending on the deadline and the project that you're working on. So it is quite pressurized and there are a lot of working hours, you know. So the work that you're doing is great. And I think working in teams and being on site, it's a great setup. But people need to know that definitely, um, you know, the work-life balance is going to be uh, quite pressurized. So this is... This is one of the factors. Another factor to consider of joining an external firm is that uh, as opposed to joining a, maybe a company in a function or you know, joining a company in pharma, for example, or engineering company, you know, something like that, or FMCG companies, that you won't, get to, you won't become a specialist or an expert or very knowledgeable about one company or one type of industry. So just like the job will be more of a generalist, uh, generalist role, so will also be your then experience more general right and um, that has also of course pros and cons right so having broad exposure but um, not really having that much depth on one particular industry in most cases right this is the this is the typical um, situation so of course you know using that broad experience is a could be a positive in the long run but compared to people who go into one company you would miss some of the depth of the industry or of the company uh-huh interesting so this gives us a uh a nice introduction to the uh, type of company or a uh, type of consulting I didn't thought before, which is internal consulting companies. So there are, there are companies that have their, as you mentioned before, internal teams or uh, internal branches that uh, focus on consulting as the big companies do, right? Yeah, absolutely. And this was also something interesting for me to, to learn, uh, you know, that you actually, there are companies that are large enough where they made the decision to actually set up their own in-house subsidiary or department that's doing in-house consulting. And, uh, you know, and when you hear about in-house consulting or internal consulting, when students come across these opportunities or this concept, sometimes it's used or referred to under different names. So you may get the internal consulting being called in-house consulting uh, department or, or the in-house consulting or internal consulting or it could be called a project department or it could be called strategic projects department i've also seen it being called process optimization right uh, so be aware that there are different names that are used for the concept but the concept itself is that you have a team or a department or a subsidiary of a company that has been set up specifically for the purpose of having people with consulting skills and uh, working on a consulting and a project basis but normally only for the company right so for specific topics that the corporate company itself uh, would have and uh, you know for example uh, here in Europe you have companies such as uh, DHL consulting or buyer business consulting Siemens in-house consulting uh, BASF Mercedes-Benz Porsche Merck all having uh, some form of in-house consulting uh, department. And if you look at different countries and also maybe in the US, you would find that you have quite often these in-house departments. Uh-huh. And uh, how does this uh, happen? I mean, um, because these companies can rely on external consulting as well, right? Yes, that's actually a very good question because um, the, the companies actually use external consultants quite extensively alongside the internal consultants. 
And uh, what you would find is that the internal consultants are used for you know projects where being able to hit the ground running quickly, uh, having knowledge of the company and the in- internal network and having the uh, the trust that's there. Uh, they're very you know highly suited to doing certain types of projects and supporting the business in that way because they know the company, they know the business, so they're bringing a lot of knowledge and experience and understanding of the company upfront, you know, which is very difficult to get with external consultants. So there's definitely a benefit in having that. And uh, also projects that maybe are uh, over maybe a longer time period or involve much more engagement with stakeholders. So thinking more of a, a PMO, maybe project management office perspective or helping to set up a strategic initiative, but being much more involved in working closer with the team in the corporate company or in the business unit, that's where it makes sense to have in-house consultants because external consultants, it's normally much more specific scope, uh, more of a mission focused. It's normally about giving a recommendation to, you know, working only with top management or, or, or very senior executives or C, C-level executives. Uh, and then the implementation of that is normally done by the business itself. Where with in, in-house consulting, you can find that um, you know, there's probably a mixture of projects where you get sometimes implementation, but also then, you know, you, you still have your strategic projects uh, that are there. And I mean, of course, that it also makes sense for a company uh, to have its own staff that work as consultants, you know, as opposed to uh, having externals also because of the cost perspective, right? So the fees are, you know, the fees are very high for external consultants. Normally, yes, the companies, the in, in-house consultants are also valued equally. But if you think of it on group level, uh, there's definitely, it does make sense to have some of this capacity in-house as well. Uh-huh. Is there an, any heuristic to understand if a, if a company has an internal consultant branch? Like uh, maybe, I, I guess, with the size of the company, maybe hint that they have a, an internal consultant company? So maybe you know, what to look for, how to search for yeah. that. Yeah? yeah. So normally the way you would look at it is, um, you know, from the job postings, it's very important to understand. So when students are looking at, uh, you know, career opportunities and it can say consultant for a company, that is normally a good indication, right? That they're looking for MBAs to fulfill an in-house or internal consulting role. And then they would also need to look at the uh, the job profile to understand because you also get the title of consultant in the IT uh, area, right? So if a company has an IT services organization, they could also have consultants that they recruit, but those are, those are IT consultants working on IT projects, and that's the difference. So that would be the one, I think. It also, secondly, it would also be the size of the company. That is an indicator. Thirdly, it's typically industrial companies or finance companies, in my experience, that have these in-house consulting uh, firms. And, you know, that would also then be, um, fourthly, to look at the uh, Google search, right? So if you put the name of a company and in-house consulting or internal consulting or consultant, you would then quickly find uh, if they have dedicated pages or maybe some marketing material and the same would also be for a LinkedIn search, right? To see, do they actually have this title of consultant? Do they brand themselves as consultants? And uh, from what you previously commented is, it seems like internal uh, consulting 
somewhat is a, is a nice balance between external consulting, uh, the pros of the external consulting, like uh, having a, a great brand behind in your CV, having exposure to uh, different projects. But at the same time, uh, it brings another pros that are cons for external consulting, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that if you look at the, uh, you know, the benefits of the, or the pros of the in-house consulting is that, uh, you know, if, you, if you're joining such a department, you'll find that you'll be one of the highly valued employees within the company because the consulting department or the consulting colleagues, uh, they're known over time, they've built up a brand that they bring value, they bring unique skills, they bring innovative solutions, they have the, you know, the knowledge of the company and they help to get things going and to get things achieved, you know. So that definitely, you know, being highly valued employee within the within the corporate company is a great position, you know, especially compared to being normally just in the function and being just one of the normal employees. Sometimes with the consulting, it's like kind of a team that's really valued, you know, and that's great. Uh, there's also typically a better work-life balance than external consulting. So you still work longer hours than normal uh, functional or corporate job, but not to the same extent. And sometimes it's also that there's uh, less travel involved uh, if you are based at you know a major regional office or in uh, close to the headquarters of the company, you would typically uh, be doing projects you know in the headquarters or for the head offices of business units which are in the same place in the same location geographically. So you would also have then potentially less travel. You know, in terms of other benefits, it's also the uh, ability to build deep knowledge about a specific company in the industry. So yes, while you might still be doing general consulting uh, projects or business consulting on the first level of detail, you know, from the second and third level of detail of the job or the content of a project, uh, then you will be dealing with the business model, the products, uh, the finances, the brand, of, you know, every, all of those things of the company that you're working for because all of your projects are focused on that one company and its business. So that's also a good thing. So it's good to have this knowledge. And of course, if you choose to work in an in-house consulting firm, then you would also, you know, I would advise that you're also then interested in the company itself because what you find is that there are very good exit opportunities into the main corporate company. So many of the in-house consulting firms then, uh, you know, also have this kind of career path or exit path, which is, you know, facilitated or encouraged uh, also to join the uh, the corporate company, right? And uh, what I can say also in terms of like a day-to-day -day working level, the trust and the client intimacy is typically higher with in-house consulting. Because in this case, um, you know, you're still seen as a colleague uh, of the company. You're still seen as, uh, you know, someone who works for the company. Yes, you're a consultant. You may be coming to do a specific project or a mission. And in my experience, uh, you're still treated, yes, as a, as a consultant, but also as a colleague itself. And uh, people are quite open compared to where I've worked as an external consultant. And then it, it was a much more structured engagement, maybe only being in a certain office or certain room, only being able to talk to specific people and then working off-site and those kind of things. So... Uh, over time, as you work in in-house consulting projects, more and more you feel like uh, you know you're part of the team, and the client sees you as a valuable part of their initiative or their strategy, and um, you can definitely sense that. So there's definitely some very good things uh, about in-house consulting as well. 
Yeah, I can see that. I can see that, uh, for example, you can build relationship with your colleagues as well, with your superiors, with your team, because you see people more often and uh, with, I guess with less stress as well, right? You don't have uh, to jump from project to project to city to city, uh, like in external consulting, right? Yeah, that's a very good point. So if you look at your in-house consulting um, you know, firms or, or organizations, it's normally, you know, maybe 20 or 30 people up to about 100 um, employees in total. So you kind of have this uh, small feel, almost like a boutique kind of consulting, the same thing you would get there. And uh, like you say, you're not moving around, you know, there aren't so many people. It's focused on one company. You're normally working in the same location. So you definitely build a sense of community uh, and togetherness with the in-house consulting because you're together with so many people. And the, the tenure could also be sometimes longer of people working in in-house consulting could be there for a longer time period, maybe three to five years, where in external consulting people are staying maybe for one or two years more typically and then moving on, you know. So there's also a bit of a, in some cases, longer term view uh, as well. And uh, people then also are, you know, getting to know each other very well. So, of course, when you have a smaller uh, organization and people are staying in the same place you can build these social uh, informal social networks and uh, socialize with colleagues and this is really also a great benefit interesting any kind of cons you can see from internal consulting so i would say some things that people need to think about with in-house consulting is that uh, you are committing to one specific company and you will also be known by the brand and by the uh, business of that company so uh, if you're joining a company that's focused on logistics or focused on you know the automotive sector, even if you're doing a consulting job function uh, in terms of your career progression and your you know how you would be seen as in, from recruiters in the future, they would still you know link it back to the specific industry. So you need to think about this because it will also define how people look at your, uh, your profile and your CV in the future. So it's more something to think about to know, okay, yes, I'm doing consulting, but if I go on in-house, I'm going to be part of a company. So make sure that you ha you like the company, that you are interested in that industry or the, the business of the company. Uh, make sure you, you know, the mission and the brand resounds, you know, with you uh, because that's something you're going to be much closer to than what would have been the case with uh, external consulting, where there it's more about what projects that you do, what functions were you involved with, what industries, or what not so much which companies you work for, because everyone knows that you know it's it's the normally Fortune 500 uh, companies. The other thing with in-house consulting, I think it also depends on which uh, company you join. Of course, it's not going to be you know as mature, I think, or as developed. Um, in terms of the uh, you know the, the training or the personnel or the organization as it would be in a pure consulting uh, company so your better or your best in-house consulting firms could be th the same or on par but you would need to do the research and, and talk to alumni and talk to people to understand how much of the consulting career path and the consulting training and you know organizational structure and methodology is being applied and this can differ between firms and between companies that some is run more like on a, as a project department on a project office kind of basis and then in other firms um, you know it's fully consulting focused so for example in dhl consulting it's a fully focused 
consulting organization, you know, running independently with all the training, with the methodology, with organizational structure, the recruitment is 100% focused on consulting. So that's great. But on other companies, it may be different. And it also depends on you know, how uh, independent or separate are the, is the consulting um, function itself. If it's very close to the corporate company, or it's more like a strategy department, or maybe involved with M&A, or seen as operations uh, optimization, or something that's much closer to the business, then it would be uh, maybe a mix of a, a corporate functional role and a consulting role at the same time. So, mm-hmm. so you need to, as a student, need to know about the difference. Like if you're really very passionate about consulting and you want to do a, a full-on consulting job, you know, make sure you join a company that has that structure in place, uh, you know, whether it's external uh, or internal, because potentially some of the boutique firms may also be more of like a family business or a founder-led business that um, I've also received a lot of feedback from colleagues and alumni uh, in boutique firms, it's also quite a different experience. So actually, it's not just on in-house consulting, but also in boutique uh, consulting that you could have um, different experience, right? So uh, make sure that I think the best way is to talk to alumni and, and talk to people that have worked in the firms and can give you a comparison or give you a, a, you know that view that will be helpful. Sure. Uh, I don't want this to <laughs> make a, an ex- internal versus external consulting episode. But uh, one last question on this regard. What would be the comparison in terms of salary and career progressions between both types of consulting? Right. So also a very good question. Uh, definitely the, so within external consulting, there's also a scale that can be from, you know, that your MBB firms would normally have the highest salaries and this, you can all look at Glassdoor so the information and on, on is available on the internet, right? If you go into Glassdoor and look at a particular city or large city, the, the salaries, people have normally posted them there. So it's quite transparent, right? So if you look at that research, the data, your MBB firms typically have the highest salaries and then followed by big four and then potentially by boutique firms in most cases. So that's normally, and there would be not much difference, but there would be some degree of separation for sure. Uh, if you look at the in-house consulting firms, it can vary a lot. So, you know, this again, I think Glassdoor is a good um, is a good resource to go and compare. Uh, normally, I would say it can be, you know, maybe similar to maybe between MBB and uh, and Big Four, but that uh, it depends on the company. You know, this is a very broad statement and also depends on the region uh, that you're located in. But it would not be much different, I would say. But clearly, the MBB would be in the highest, uh, you know, just maybe in the highest bracket by some percentage points. And in terms of uh, career progression, is it as clear as uh, how you evolved in, inside uh, the companies? I, I guess this depends also on the companies, right? But uh, uh, how would you compare both? Yeah, so I think in terms of uh, the career progression, those who are going to the external consulting will find that uh, you, know, you would have clearly a in both, you would have a career progression, internal and external, along the you know the uh, what we refer to as the up or out right career path, which is the most typical. Which means that uh, within by each job level, you normally have a two or three year uh, tenure to time you spend in that role, and then towards the end of the role, within six months or until the end of the t- uh, term, you would be expected to have uh, developed the skills and the experience and uh, you know, had the project performance to allow you to be promoted to the next level. So if someone is start, starting as 
for example, uh, as an associate coming out of an MBA uh, in one of the firms, you know, it could be a two-year or three-year uh, career path that they would then be expected to meet all the requirements to then be able to be promoted, right? So within consulting, you also have this accelerated career path because the system is designed, the organization in consulting is designed that it's everyone is moving up continuously. So you can't have someone being a, a, an associate, you know, so kind of coming in as a junior consultant for 10 years, right? So you don't have, you don't have that happening. You have to move up or you, people would need to um, maybe go full uh, research role, analytical role within the company. So some of the bigger consulting firms allow people to have this kind of um, staff role, which is more of a supporting role, but it's not the career track of consulting, right? It's normally the up or out principle. The same thing would apply in the internal firms mostly, right? That's how it works. So what's very nice is that from a career path, you're continuously going up. In terms of the... Uh, the, the prospects, you know, career development, it would be slightly different between the, the two. So on the external consulting, you know, it could be that you get a role or get given an offer by a client that you work for. So this is the most typical case in both internal and external consulting that people get to work with you and they get to know how you work and they can, they'll really like how you work potentially. This is typical. My sense is that in external consulting, this because of this, there's a bit of a distance. Then uh, it's more that people are going into strategy roles or business development roles uh, within the industry, right? So that seems to be the trend of people going to those roles from external consulting. Again, depending on which level people are exiting. So if someone is exiting two or three years, maybe they could be a business development manager for a company or moving to a strategy department or an M&A department of a corporate company. So that would be an exit strategy. If you look at in-house consulting, that can very much be in any business unit or corporate function where a person has done a project and uh, you know made an impression and where there is a recruiting need, they could then be offered directly to join the, that team or that initiative on a full-time basis, right? And I would say the transition is easy or easier with the in-house consulting in a way because uh, you know you have this more of the intimacy and you, you're kind of already doing a role that is sometimes you know on a project basis but it's also very close to the business so that's uh, it's giving a very good opportunity to do that and that's why I say that you also joining in-house consulting it's also important to know uh, like the company that you will work for because the chance that you will go into that is quite high so it could be uh, you know as much as 70 or 80 percent of people who are leaving the consulting department are actually going to the corporate company directly. Okay, Orestes, let's take a break here. And uh, you, listener, be sure to check the next part of this episode. See you soon. Thank you for joining for this episode of the MBA Talk podcast, a podcast brought to you by Opnist Institute. You can find all notes for this episode as well as subscribe for future episodes at opnes.com slash MBA talk. That's O-P-T-N-E-S-S.com slash MBA talk. And if you're enjoying the show or have any comments, topics, or guest suggestions, I love if you shoot me an email. My name is Andres, and you can write me to MBA talk at opnes.com. With that, Thank you, and we'll see you in the next episode.